1: Hi, I'm Anne and with co-host Bill I would like to pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. Each week on the Living Free Show we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. Um, Bill uh, today is talking to Stephanie, so um, welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, Stephanie is a compulsive gambler who is recovering with the help of Gamblers Anonymous. So um, over to you, Bill. Uh, Stephanie, uh, so we usually talk about um, growing up and the things that influenced you while you were growing up um, that sort of led you on the path to gambling. So do you want to talk a bit about, um, I guess, your early early life and things school friends things like that that and talk about um growing up and what life was like for you
0: yeah sure i think um growing up for me was in a time where we didn't have a lot of access to gambling in victoria at that point Uh, pokies were over the border so i remember hearing a lot about them, um, knowing that they existed, but they weren't actually close to us. So it wasn't uncommon where people would, you know, travel up to the border and and head over there and, and put some money through and then talk about their wins. And hearing those sorts of stories made me really curious about what it was and how much you could win because you never actually ever heard about losses. I then remember when gambling came out to Victoria, everything um you know they they popped up everywhere and it was readily accepted as as a social activity something that you'd go and do with your friends or your parents or your aunties or uncles might do and it was something that was um you know very much around everyone i think so it's definitely um been acceptable in my life my whole entire life i am 42 so i was born in 1980 so it's something that, um, you know, there was a point, like I said, where it wasn't um, as reachable as, as what it is now. So I do remember it as being, um, yeah, I never remember the losses. I just remember always hearing about the wins So when I was able to start doing it, I did. Um, I started gambling in 1995. So I was 15. Uh, I was one of these naughty teenagers who had a fake ID. Um, and I was hanging out with older older kids so they were adults and I would go with them and watch them put their money through um sometimes they'd win sometimes they wouldn't and I'd follow along and and I'd put whatever money I had in as well and sometimes again I won sometimes I didn't and I very quickly realized that it became you know a, a part of my social life um if you didn't have money you would just watch your friends do it sometimes they'd let you press a button um but yeah it definitely became something that um was acceptable and and was a a daily activity
1: yeah so were you attracted to gambling yes so what was it initially that attracted you
0: i think it was the sense of rebellion that i felt walking (laughs) into a venue with my fake id thinking oh my gosh you know i'm 15 and here i am in a place that i probably shouldn't be in um i think that's what first attracted me hanging out with with older kids um, yeah, you know, I, I felt like I was part of the in crowd, being able to do things that a lot of kids my age didn't have access to. Um, did often make you feel like, um, you know, you felt special and, and one of a kind. And I think that's what initially attracted me was the the sense of rebellion. Um, but after that, the the I suppose just seeing. Um, how excited you got when you won something and oh my gosh I can pay off a car payment now or I can pay my rent now I can pay my um, you know take everyone out for dinner or buy a round of drinks just that attraction of um, being that person that everyone wanted to be around and um, that excitement of all of a sudden you're, you're able to do something that you probably couldn't have, have done earlier. Um, yeah. They were definitely some of the things that attracted me.
1: Okay, uh, to take you back a bit, a little bit earlier. So, growing up, what sort of a kid were you?
0: Very naughty kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very creative, very determined. Um, I had my own idea of, of how how things should be. I left home quite early. Um, So I was, yeah, definitely, I suppose I would describe myself as the black sheep um, of the family. But I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I was just a very um, left to centre person. I, I, like I said, had an idea of of how the world should work. And um, I I went off and and did my own thing, really. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So so what about school? Were you good at school? I was. I
0: didn't finish school. I actually stopped in year 11. But... The time I was there, I spent Concentrating and learning, I was very blessed that my family were able to send me to a um, quite a prestigious private school. Um, so I was, you know, gifted such an incredible um, opportunity to be able to take advantage of a really, really good education. So whilst I was there, I paid attention and, and made sure that I was um, listening, which is good because that definitely benefited me in life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't finish. I wish I did. Um, you know, in hindsight, but um, yeah, I didn't didn't finish Year Twelve.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so what about friendships at school?
0: Um, I had some friends in um, primary school. I had a a very close friend um, in high school. I definitely wasn't the most popular person. I was bullied on a daily basis in primary school and high school, uh, mainly due to my weight. Um, I've always been overweight. So that was something that was really difficult. Um, Again, I was quite rebellious. I thought it was better to hang out and smoke behind the tree, not getting caught by teachers rather than um, you know, spending time talking about clothes and and earrings and how long my nail extensions could be or what what colour I had in my hair that week. Um, so, yeah, I was very... Um, I wasn't a popular kid, but I was definitely, um, yeah, one of a kind.
1: Yeah. So were your family well off?
0: Um, that's sort of... We were, we were blessed. Um, yeah. but I don't know about my parents' financial... Mm information um yeah. that's not something i was ever privy to but we did um we did go to a private school um we had everything that we needed um so yeah it's, it's as a kid like i said my, my family didn't share that sort of information with me so yeah no, that, it's hard to say but
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so at, at school then, go, going out um gambling you know as a 15 year old so were you gambling with friends from school or other friends other friends other friends okay so, how did you meet them? Um,
0: shopping centres, um, cinemas, meet friends through friends, um, sporting events that I used to attend. Um, so, yeah, definitely not from school. These were my friends that were um, older and um, friends that I don't, I don't think if other people knew I was hanging out with them, they would have approved. Um, they were definitely not not a very good influence.
1: So that was part of your rebellious nature?
0: Yes, <laughs> very much so.
1: Okay. Um, so leaving school then, uh, did that mean going to work?
0: Yeah, I did go to work for um, a couple of months. I tried my hand at um an ice cream parlor um i lost that job because i couldn't get the three peaks and the twelve right of the soft serve i actually <laughs> kept dropping it in the chocolate sauce
1: um
0: the chocolate dip um then i went and worked as a sandwich hand for a while um i did that for a couple of months as well and then i ended up on the doll
1: and what was that like
0: um for me it was acceptable I think um I was I was happy hanging out with my mates doing my thing um I didn't really have a lot of ambition at that point in time I, I didn't have an idea of of where I wanted to be um I was just you know aware of the fact that I was free to pretty much do what I wanted to do and I didn't have to answer to anyone um having that financial independence um you know, it opened a lot of doors for me that if I'd done it better, um, I definitely would have ended up in a better situation than what I did. Um, but yeah, I didn't have to answer to anyone. I, I felt, yeah, very, very independent and very, um, yeah, just not having to answer to anyone.
1: Okay. Um. So living, being on the dole, you, you don't have a lot of money. So how did that affect your gambling?
0: It it didn't. Um, I I would put, put it all through. Um, and then you'd just make ends meet. You'd make sure you had enough food. Um, I wasn't of an age where I could really think properly about what I was doing. Um, you know, as an adult, gambling is very different to a, a teenager because if, if you need, you know, $10, um, you'll find a friend who can lend it to you. You don't have a lot of need for a lot of money at that age, if that makes sense. I didn't yeah. have. Um, a mortgage. I was living with friends. I didn't have a car. I didn't have expenses. So for me, it was, um, it didn't impact it. Um, I would spend as much as I wanted to because that that's what I could do. Um,
1: mm. Okay. So uh, what was, what was your gambling life like then when you left, you know, when you were on the dole?
0: Um, I was definitely, when I started off, um, I was lucky. I was pretty much like everyone else who gambles. you have your your few big wins um when I say big as well I, I won't mention dollar figures, but I'm talking um under four figures you know a big win at that age is um you, my weekly shopping amount now, so um for me, you know winning that amount of money back then was like a million dollars um but it actually now that I think about it wasn't a lot at all, but I was very cautious um i didn't every single fortnight put every single cent i had through but i i didn't didn't realize the opportunities that gambling could present me at that point um i didn't i hadn't made a life for myself in my mind to do with gambling at that point it was more again just a social thing where i'd hang out with my mates um and yeah if you ran out of money you just sit back and watch everyone else you wouldn't leave early you just um hang out and stay there so yeah, it was. It was like I said. It was sort of thinking back to it. And I probably should have spent a lot more time thinking about it actually before we spoke today. Thinking back to it now, um, I didn't have my dreams in my head of where my gambling career would take me. And um, that came at a very, very later stage for me. So yeah, it was just a bit of fun um, basically at that stage.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think you have plans for where gambling is going to take you, really. <laughs>
0: No, i definitely not at that age. When I got yeah. older, I definitely did. I had all these dreams and yeah. um, aspirations and what I'm going to do when I win all this money. Um, but yeah, I didn't didn't have that at that
1: stage. Mm. Okay. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? Um, so you know, gambling socially. Did did any of your friends exhibit uh, sort of compulsive gambling uh, tendencies?
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and when I look back at it now, um, I remember one of the, the people I would spend time with on their payday, which was a Friday, they they worked. Um, they would literally spend every single cent they had um, and then they'd have to borrow money from their friends for the, the next payday. Um, so they'd pay them back because we always would meet on a Friday. They'd pay them back and then they just put whatever else they had through. And then again, they would borrow um so I, I again being that age um not having a full understanding of the world and how life is and and the the value of money um i didn't really understand what that was i didn't understand compulsive gambling i, I think um i don't know how long pokies have been in victoria um at that point but i didn't realize there was such a thing as a gambling issue but i, I do remember seeing this guy week after week putting all his money through and then borrowing and thinking okay if you've got no money left you just don't gamble so that's what went through my head at that point um I think also people's moods would change as well so um you know losing money being really angry about it um regretful um you know not having money to put in your car we would go gambling and then hope to go out for dinner afterward um and there'd be a lot of you know hostility or um, upset because we could no longer do that so plans would change so um yeah just those mood swings were thinking back now quite a bit of a red flag
1: so did that put you off that person you know did you see that as a risk being associated with a person like that
0: Not really. Again, I was I was very young. So yeah. um, thinking yeah. back now, um, I was still more just interested in the fact that I was hanging out with kids that were older than me. Yeah. Um, I don't – I didn't – it didn't put me off them. It just used to make me hope that they would win. Um, so you would be in their corner. And, and I still remember even to this day, you know, standing behind him, watching him on a machine and, and us cheering and – Almost like it wasn't a game of chance, but a game of skill. Yeah, yeah. That's what you start thinking. It's like, oh, why isn't it happening? You know, it's sort of um, you'd go in there with the the thought that tonight's the night. And, yeah, just sort of feeling disappointed for them, Mm. Um, wondering why it didn't happen. And that's what was supposed to happen. (laughs) So, yeah, it was Mm. um, yeah, interesting thinking back to it, actually.
1: Yeah. So watching other gamblers, did you pick up any sort of skills like, you know, special machines or machines about should be about to pay and all those sorts of things, which seemed yes. – yeah. tell <laughs> I us think, about that.
0: <laughs> Thank you all. I, from everyone that I know, and, um, you know, it wasn't until I got older that I would talk about stuff like that, but rubbing the machine, um, having a special object with you. Um, if you hadn't won after a certain amount of spins, I won't share them because I don't want anyone to think that any of them are real, but you become yeah. very superstitious. Yeah. Um, you start thinking that these things are actually really true. Um, and it's not, well, it's not true, but you start seeing patterns in things and, and you don't particularly see it yourself, but they explain it to you. It's like, Oh, if you, press this five times and change the bet and you do this and you do that then this will happen and sometimes by coincidence it would so then you'd be convinced like oh that happened so yeah it's very um very interesting sort of thinking to some of the things that i used to do like even um pushing the button really hard is supposed to make it work but it's like the Traffic lights, you know, you're not yeah. going gonna to go any quicker if you press that button hard. So, yeah, just thinking back to then, it sounds quite insane, actually. Yeah.
1: Maybe they could introduce a bit of that into the um, traffic lights yeah. <laughs> for pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Um, so, at, at what point did you um, start thinking, you know, gambling might have been a way forward for you? you know, did your thinking change at some point? Um,
0: so it went and I've actually got my little dates here just to Mm. to help out. Um, 1995, I started gambling. So I was 15. Um, I had my now 23 year old when I was 18. So my priority at that point was being a mum. Um, I started working full time. I started studying. I really started getting my life on track after I had my son. Um, that also meant that I had more money. So I had access to my own money as opposed to um, government money. Um, I didn't treat that any differently. I I used to still spend that money just as carelessly as what I did um, the doll. Um, In saying that, though, my son never went without. It was always me who went without. Um, If I needed new shoes, I would put myself last. I'd make sure he had what he had. Um, But between sort of 1995 and 2005, I would be spending my petrol money um, on gambling. I'd make sure I stuck to a budget, though I used to have a system where I'd have money in my left pocket that I could use and any money in my right pocket was to take home. Um, Sometimes I could stick to that system, sometimes I couldn't. So I really, um, in that 10 years, I started to evolve um, and grow up in how I I gambled. Um, 2005 was when I started using online platforms to gamble. Um, So I used to do pokies and bingo um, that became very, very accessible um, to me to be able to, to use them. I no longer had to go out to a venue um this was before credit card blocks existed so you know you just go on and and i would be paying um a three figure amount for one game of bingo um i can't tell you how much i lost i i have no idea i would be absolutely mortified if i i did know but i started thinking um to myself particularly with my left pocket right pocket method um you know that that I could have an income this could be my second income it could make it a lot easier I was a single mum um with young children and um you know any money helped so yeah I always used to think that I was actually coming out on top because I'd always have money in my right pocket left over um but whereas actual fact I I wasn't
1: yeah yes it's it's pretty easy to deceive yourself isn't it in that in that situation yeah Uh, Well, listen, we might take a quick break. We've got a song. Uh, This one is called Sing About Life, and it's by Titus. Sing about life.
2: Sing about possibilities. You know you may be right. channel 31 do you have a favorite program you just can't miss
0: or even a favorite channel 31 personality
2: if you love your local community tv station
1: well there is a way you can help head along to c31.org.au and click the big old donate button your contribution to your local station will help to keep us on the air, making more of the quality tv you know and love plus You'll help to make sure our team can continue to provide access, training and education behind the scenes to hundreds of young Victorians. That's c31.org.au.
0: And click on the big donate button.
1: Thank you. A 3CR supporter. Accented Women. It seems so obvious to me that if you live in a in a completely violent um, cultural milieu that it's going
0: to translate into every aspect of women's lives. Accent to women. What's a border? They don't see it like a big wall right along the How the can country. people live ordinary lives when they're living in such an extraordinary situation where there are two where there are armies there and terrorists there and such conflict every single day of their lives?
1: Accent to women. A show by and about
2: women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds on community
1: radio 3cr ah this is living free show on 3cr 855 kilohertz on your am dial and 3cr on digital radio if you'd like to listen to one of our many podcasts of our show you can find them on your preferred podcast platform or just google 3cr living free and check out our website you can also contact us via phone email or twitter uh, today we're talking with Stephanie, and we're talking about compulsive gambling and how and her recovery through Gamblers Anonymous. Um, so, Steph, before we finished, you talked about moving into online platforms. So, do you want to tell us a little, a little bit about what those online platforms were and how um, how you were using them?
0: Yeah, so um, I started using online platforms in around 2005. So I was 25 at um that stage i had two kids um i was with my husband um and it was a lot more convenient for me to be able to actually use those those platforms as opposed to going to a venue Um, the thing that i found the most difficult was being able to control my spending Um, as i mentioned previously when i'd go into a venue i'd have money in my left pocket um, which i could spend and then money in my right pocket which i'd keep but when you're starting to venture into online platforms you just chuck a figure onto your account and um go through it and back in those days there was no um restrictions and, and there were no i suppose protect well there was no protection in in how much you could spend um so i was spending a lot of money on these um particular flat platforms not platforms um but the problem is as well it was a lot harder for me to keep a secret um whilst my husband knew i gambled um i don't think he knew how much at that point um so i was not able to keep you know my my secret as much as what i um wanted to Um, In 2008, I started to use apps um, to bet on horses. Um, I knew absolutely nothing about horses, but I decided that my um, bingo and and pokies online methods had become quite problematic. Um, So I felt if I started doing something else, then that would not be as bad. Um again I spoke earlier about my my gambling career um I had this idea that that I would be um a millionaire from gambling um I think from the gamblers that you know I've spoken to that's what a lot of a lot of us start to think um that we'll be able to build a life from this and and we're just waiting for that next big win that is just going to be able to solve all of our problems and um pay back any debts we owe and um, you know pay the mortgage and the car and and you can go and buy new things and pay for lunches and just this this dream life you you do actually have this this idea in your head of, of where it's going to take you and you're literally waiting for that moment to happen and and every time you press that button for that spin or you check those tickets for those numbers you look at it you're like well hang on why haven't I won? Yeah. Because in your yeah. mind, you've created this this dream um, and it is, it's like full on pure disappointment. You you get sort of um, pushed back into reality. Um, so when I was on horses, like I said, I, I still don't know anything about horses. So I'd um, go on colors or numbers or whatever and I'd literally put a whole entire day's worth of bets on. Um, and I'd go back at the end of the day and check. Some days I'd done really well, some days I hadn't, um, but it was just another avenue for me to be able to, um, yeah, waste money <laughs> and, and get that, that fix, which is what I was um, chasing.
1: So gambling is very isolating. So did you? were you trying to forget about something? Were you trying to isolate for a reason?
0: Um, I I don't think I was doing it at that point to be in a state of nothing i was still chasing that dream um gambling very can be very relaxing so it's a form of i suppose mindfulness is definitely a negative form if you know you're doing it in a a way that is, is affecting your life um but it is it's like i get the same sensation now um from swimming um, I get that relaxation that I'm not thinking about anything except for breathing my strokes and not drowning. Um, so, yeah, definitely at that point in time, I wasn't doing it to escape from anything. I was doing it so I didn't have to go to work anymore and I could retire early um, and I could, you know, pay for my house. So um, it wasn't until later on I started to do it for that reason, to to avoid... Um, I was actually trying to avoid my gambling situation by by gambling,
1: yeah it's ironic isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um so um often people chase you know they they're thinking of winning but they're actually chasing to recover their losses so was that the situation you found yourself in?
0: yeah, definitely, and that's why I wasn't doing it as such to um escape something i was I was still doing it thinking that the next time I press that button, that's when I'd win everything back and I wouldn't have to disclose what had actually happened. Um, I was at a point where I was gambling um, during my lunch break. Um, I'd gone from doing it, well, I was doing it every day, um, but I'd gone from doing it every day to doing it every spare minute that I had. Um I was, yeah, across the road from my um, previous employer, there was a venue and I used to spend my lunch break there and I would often take longer than my half an hour. Um, I didn't really care that I'd gone over my break um, because I was interested in the fact that I know it's going to pay out now, you know, I just moved onto a machine. So it was really starting to impact my... I suppose my reputation at work, um, people had picked up on the fact that I was running late or that I wasn't there when I said I was going to be or that I wasn't, you know, logged in when I should have been. Um, So I was doing that at lunchtime because I'd lost the day before Um, and because I, at that point, then had four young kids. So I, at that point, um, I had twins in 2008 um so I had four young children then and so the only time I could actually do anything was online or or at lunchtime um so yeah I was finding every single opportunity I could when I was online
1: yeah so what did work do did was there any repercussions for you
0: um not as such there was um we used to have one-on-ones every month where they'd be able to see what time you'd logged in on the phone um and they would yeah, be able to tell if I'd been late and I would say, oh, I must have need to go to the toilet or the lift wasn't working. or So I was being dishonest in my, my dealings with it. When I say I was late, I wasn't half an hour late. I was, you know, five or ten minutes. But when it's starting to happen daily, um, it's something that you start to have to cover up. You start to have to lie and, um, you know, cover your
1: tracks. Yeah. So what impact was it having on your relationship?
0: Um, my husband is an incredibly patient understanding man that's how we've managed to get through the last 17 years because he's just amazing um he wasn't fully aware of the the difficulties that i was experiencing at that point um it wasn't until 2013 that i actually told him how bad things were um it wasn't impacting our relationship as such but it was definitely impacting um my relationship with with myself and and where I didn't want to lie to him. Um, I didn't like who I was becoming and the things that I was doing to make sure I was covering what I was doing. Um, We were both working. um, We were both earning money. And so it's not like, you know, he was going to work and I was at home with the kids and I was sort of um, taking money that, he would only notice does that make sense like yeah, the, my, yeah. my wages went into my account and his went into his we shared our money but um he didn't really look into mine because I just paid the bills as long as they were paid and there was no questions asked really so yeah it didn't I'm I'm really 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 lucky um that he he hasn't he hasn't changed his way toward me um and i'm really blessed for that because i hear a lot of people you know they separate or they get kicked out or um they get divorced or yeah i haven't i haven't had that but i do feel like the trust um i i don't know if the trust ever went but i definitely for me started to um when i stopped gambling i made sure that if i went to the pub with my friends for a drink I'd take out two hundred dollars and I'd let him know I've taken out two hundred dollars but I'm not gambling So I always felt like I needed to let him know um but he did tell me I didn't have to but I did always feel like I had to justify that I still do that to this day actually (laughs) um let him know when I've taken money out because I just feel like that trust yeah Yeah. is really important to me
1: so do you want to tell us about what caused you to consider getting help for your gambling
0: yeah um so my husband um was he stopped working for the organization he was working with um i continued working with mine he got a really good payout um so he stayed home looking after our kids and i continued to work this happened for i think eight months um i i was at the point where i was gambling every single day um at lunchtime And this one particular day I went and I spent every single cent I'd earned and I'd I'd done a lot of overtime. I was on a really good wage. Um, And I did. I spent literally every single cent that I'd I'd been paid um, for that fortnight. And I remember walking to the station. Um, I normally would catch the train at Melbourne Central. Um, So I actually walked to Flagstaff, which isn't a long walk, but it's not something I would normally do because I want to get home in a hurry. Um, I rang him um, and I told him I didn't think it was a good idea that I came home. And um, he asked me why and I told him what I'd done. Um, I was sitting under a tree and um, I I said, I don't really want to be here anymore. Um, And I told him everything that had been happening, um, that I'd been concealing from him, that I'd been spending the money that he'd been paid out from his job as well as my wages, Um, he asked me to come home. Um, I did. Um, He was really, really understanding and really um, forgiving and supportive of me and, again, I am so lucky um, for that but that night I I decided it's time and, you know, I actually spoke to him about my gambling as a, a teenager and, and what had led up to it and then my ex-partner who would gamble as well and just sharing things with him that I'd never actually spoken about and I, I realised, yeah, at that point that I had a huge problem. Um, So I started speaking to those phone lines. Um, I can't even remember what they're called now. Like gamblers help the ones set up by the government and I remember them saying to me that um right you know a good solution is to limit your time um and your money so I'm like awesome they're basically giving me permission to gamble so here I am I reached out for help and they've said well go and limit your time and your money so went in there and I had my my time limit I had my money limit and I walked in there and I, I had a big win I'm like oh that's awesome I've still got half an hour <laughs> so I I allowed myself to spend that whole entire amount in that half an hour and I um I let that go on for a couple of weeks and I'm like this is great like I can still gamble and I've gotten help and you know they're encouraging me to 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 do this and as long as I'm sticking with that you know and uh, it didn't work for long um so I I then spoke to my husband again um I told him that when I realized I had a huge problem um I'd gone down the street to buy some groceries and. I went to the venue, it didn't actually open till nine. Um, so I this is when I lied to him. I told him that I'd lost the F postcard. Um I hadn't, but I said that I had and that's why it'd taken so long. Um I was able to conceal the money I'd lost. It was it was only a few hundred, but um that's when I realised, right, you know, it's time to, to really start to to admit the fact that you are powerless over gambling and you have a huge problem um, and that's when I contacted GA. Um, I had a look online to see where my nearest meeting was. Um, it took me two weeks to go to it. It was on a Monday night. Um, my husband offered to come with me. Um, we would have had to have gotten someone to look after the, the kids but I said no I'm like, I'll go on my own and um, yeah that's when I did and, and that's That's when I realised that I wasn't on my own Um, (laughs) Time limits and money limits weren't going to cut it (laughs) It was a lot worse than what that person on the phone was telling
1: me So, yeah yeah. Okay, well so we might take another break Uh, This song is called Watch the Road And it's by French and Smith
2: I was driving through Pasadena Where I had a job as a cleaner When a friend of mine called Katrina drove up in the other lane I was driving, waving and winking when I crashed right into a Lincoln When the cop said, oh, what the hell were you thinking? I couldn't quite explain I never had no insurance I was 20 grand in debt And that cop, taught me a lesson With these words I can't forget Said, keep one hand up, up on the steering Use the other for the stick Use your eyes to look through the windscreen Don't go driving with your dick, boy Watch the road While you're driving in your car Don't look for love Let it find you where you are Watch the road While you're driving in your car Don't look for love Let it find you where you are I was talking there to a miner in the hills of North Carolina He was telling me that he was trying to find the lover of his life I said, listen to me, my brother You don't need to find you another Because if you got a lover, then you've got to love her Go not get home to your wife and watch the road While you're driving in your car, don't look for love Let it find you where you are Watch the road you're driving in your car, don't look for love Let it find you where you are You may drive around a Camero or a filthy chunky Pajero Travelling here or travelling there There's two things you got to know That in love there's no correlation With the size of your transportation So if you're going to travel the road to the nation Keep your eyes upon the road Watch the road While you're driving in your car on Look for love Let it find you where you are Watch the road While you're driving in your car on let it find you where you are And watch the road
1: G'day, this is Jacob from the Friday Rave. If the week's politics have left you wondering whether it's you or the rest of the planet that's gone completely and utterly bonkers, join us at five o'clock each and every Friday for a Friday Rave here on 3CR, where we'll do our best to reassure you that it is actually you, and us. A Friday Rave, bringing the five o'clock drinks debrief to you here on Community Radio 3CR.
2: Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12 pm on Saturdays here on 3CR, 855 and AM Dial Podcast. Streaming live on 3CR.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it.
1: Uh, This is living free show on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3CR.org.au and we're talking with Stephanie, and we're talking about compulsive gambling and her recovery, recovery through Gamblers Anonymous. Um, uh-huh. So, Steph, um, just before the break, we were talking about um, actually finding Gamblers Anonymous. So what was it like going to your first meeting?
0: I remember it really well. Um, it was quite confronting. What I thought it actually was was um, exactly the opposite. I expected to walk into a room of um for some reason i thought people would be really really old um i'm thinking 80 year old 90 year old pensioners who have spent their grandchild's inheritance um but they weren't there was a mixture of ages um which was quite surprising i'm not sure why i had that that concept in my mind um i i sat back and listened um i was day one um so i'd gambled on the sunday and um yeah monday i hadn't gambled and um, I listened to everyone and, and then I shared, yeah, you know, some of my story and um, just realising I wasn't on my own and and hearing some of these stories about how um, how bad things had gotten for these people. And, and people were probably listening to mine thinking, oh, my gosh, how bad mine had gotten. But, um, yeah, it was, it was refreshing. Um, when I left, I felt so empowered Um I felt like I'd found my people um where I could I could be honest um I didn't have to to hide and and in saying that I hadn't definitely shared you know my whole entire life story about gambling but it was just nice to know that there were people who knew what I was going through and and to see that they were actually um able to live you know normal lives after stopping gambling so I definitely felt hopeful
1: Yeah, I I think that's the thing about it. It is that instead of being hopeless where you you feel there isn't a future, you you get hope and you've got something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So how did things start to change?
0: Um, So I was given my little yellow book, (laughs) which I've got in front of me, um, which is the, the book that has the steps in it. And you start working the steps um and they are very confronting um you have to start looking at all aspects of your life and and start being not honest with with others but honest with yourself and actually digging deep into to what's what's happened so um i think my first week was very difficult um i had a lot of withdrawals um a lot of sleepless nights, I had gambling dreams, um, which people often speak of, where you wake up in a cold sweat and you've been gambling. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've just busted. And, and you know, I've been trying really hard and I'm on day four, but I've just gone to the, the pokies. And you wake up and you realize, no, that was just a dream, but those dreams are so real. It's um, so like a nightmare. You fill that time. Well, that's what, yeah, definitely. Uh... Um, finding things to fill that time. Um, you yeah, know, lunch breaks for me. I was now talking to my work colleagues whether I wanted to or not. Um, yeah, I was I was trying to fill in those gaps. I actually didn't allow myself to go downstairs um for my breaks because I was so petrified of walking across the road to the venue. Um so just altering my whole life um to to actually you know you fill in those um those gaps so it was definitely a very um I think awakening you know realizing how bad things were as well like looking back through credit card statements going oh my gosh should I spend that much money and money becoming um not valuable like it's always been valuable but having money to be able to go and buy myself that new pair of shoes or that Um, handbag or whatever because I've actually got money in my account and that was very confronting as well having money in my account Um, not not spending it on gambling so yeah whilst it was so many amazing things happened it was a person that I didn't know because I've been doing it for a very very long time yeah this was my lifestyle this is something that I'd I'd been doing every day
1: for years so did it give you more time with your family
0: Um, not really because I was not doing it like my lunch break, um, at work, I wouldn't have been hanging out with my kids anyway. So, um, it, it didn't really, um, when I was gambling, I was home. I wasn't with the kids. Um, but I was definitely more, I suppose in a way, yeah, it did give me more time because I wasn't distracted. I wasn't thinking about when I could gamble next and I wasn't thinking about, my losses or my wins and the life I was going to create, you know, I wasn't um I was more focused on the now and what, what I could actually achieve. Um which when you you no longer have your head in the clouds with this this dream that's never actually going to happen. You're actually able to start planning real things. So yeah, I possibly did have that more time in that that sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, one I spoke to one gambler and he said he, he actually went on a holiday for the first time of his life. So did you find that you had more money to spend on things that were enjoyable? Yes,
0: definitely. Um, and with, with young kids, um, you know, holidays weren't really a, a thing either because they're not all that fun when you've got four young children. <laughs> um, but no, I, I had money to pay um, my car payments without having to ring the bank and explain why it was late. Um, you know, just having that sort of that thing in mind where I was able to to buy the shopping without having to save money for gambling because I was living like that. Like I said, my my kids never have ever gone without, um, but I always made sure I had money aside for gambling. But, yeah, just having that financial freedom, um, again, which is, is scary as well because you've got to have such restraint to not actually gamble. Mm.
1: So were you able to stay stopped?
0: I did. Um so with the um chapter of Gamblers Anonymous I attended, um the person who was running it actually moved. So I took it over. Um I ran that group for four months. Um on my three hundred and sixty-fourth day of not gambling, I busted. <laughs> um I don't know if it was the pressure of of almost being up to a whole year um I don't know what it was but I went to the pokies um and I was really disappointed in myself um I didn't spend a lot of money uh it was one visit um I'm not trying to downplay what I did at all but one of the things in Gamblers and is being really honest with yourself and, and admitting what you'd done and so when I rocked up on that Monday, I'd actually had to let someone know that I couldn't chair the meeting um, because I'd busted and then the meeting closed. Um, No one else was able to take it over or no one wanted to, no one wanted that responsibility. So I really felt like I'd let um, myself down, I'd let my peers down. Um, I didn't feel I'd let my husband or my family down because I didn't spend a lot of money. Um, But yeah, again, it was just something that that I did. Um, So the that chapter closed and then I stopped gambling again um it was only that one session um I kept in touch with my sponsor and I I started from day one again um that was in 2014 so um I didn't gamble again until 2016 so I had two years of not gambling um but I bought a tax ticket so in Gamblers Anonymous, um, buying a Tats Lotto ticket takes you back to day one. So I was back to day one again. Um, 2017, I bought a Tats Lotto ticket. The reason I bought these tickets um, was because people were talking about these big wins or you'd hear yeah. the ad on the radio. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: You know, the ones that Father's yep. Day or Mother's Day or whatever time of year, they do these big draws. And I'm like, yeah, this is my time. It's now time. So even though it was just that one ticket and probably under, you know, Fifty dollars it was still I busted, um I got suckered into that dream world of of gambling which is is still um yeah you know, is still always going to be there, regardless of how many days I've been. Um, 2017, I bought a Tatsolo ticket, so another year later. Um, 2018, I used a, a Pokies app again. So by now, um, there were government reforms in place. So the platforms I used to use no longer existed. So I had to seek out new ways of, um, accessing gambling. Um, I remember that 2018 time really, really well, um, something really bad had happened. Um, I was really stressed I didn't know which way to turn so I just downloaded an app and I told my husband about it Um, he was my sponsor at that point because my sponsor had busted so they could no longer be my sponsor and I said look I'm gambling don't know how long I'm going to do it for don't know how much money I'm going to spend but this is what's going on and I gambled for a couple of days I didn't spend a lot of money um it was under a three-figure figure figure actually because I kept winning and you know just putting back through what I won and then Um, I stopped that up again. Um, 2019, I bet on horses. I did it for a day. Again, it was a stressful situation um, where I didn't really know what else to do. Um, After that, I stopped again for around another year. Um, I used a a bingo app. Um, I gambled for a a few days. Again, I didn't spend a lot of money. Um, In 2021, um, I went on to a well-known app um, that is used in pubs and clubs because my um, friend had told me about their massive win um, and I'm like, oh, that, that's amazing, you know, and and I wanted to win that amount as well. So I, I downloaded it and I gambled for two days. Um, I lost a not a huge amount. Um but again i i i busted and and I think for me now it's not about amounts of money um it's why am I doing that, and what sort of person do I turn into when I'm gambling and when I gamble now, um I'm very absent um I'm very distracted i I get quite upset when I lose um I'm not a very nice person to be around when I'm gambling, um so it's no longer about the money for me um because money wise fine like it's not an issue um it's letting myself down and and no longer um you know following the steps and and um being part of that um community so that was the last time I gambled um which was 100 and I wrote my little number down before which I check in with every couple of days um that was day 171 um so yeah that's what I'm up to today and um I went to, I realized um, we're buying a new house. Um, so I've got a lot of money in my account right now. <laughs> and I said to my husband about six weeks ago, um, I need to I need to go back to Gamblers Anonymous. Um, I am tempted to gamble because I've got all this access to this money and I don't want to bust again. So um, I looked up at, online um the ones near me now have have shut down um but we had zoom meetings so I started attending them my first ones I started um I did three meetings in a week because that's what I needed um and then I've been doing them weekly um when I'm able to and um yeah now I'm definitely definitely back into things definitely focused on making sure I don't I don't bust again because I just – I don't want to, to keep going through that, that cycle. Um, Boom and I'm, bust. I'm yeah. done with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's <That's, laughs> yes, looking back, you know, you can sort of see the pattern. Um, and I guess it's it's just a matter of understanding for yourself that, yeah, if you don't want to do it, you've got to take action. Yeah. That's
0: right. And yeah. it's – um. Yeah, it's, it's very humbling to admit that you're powerless over something, like people don't necessarily understand um, you know, why I won't even take part in a, a jokey Melbourne Cup sweep. It's because if I win, um, even if there's no money involved, even if I've just drawn those numbers out of the hat, my gambling mind's going, oh, my gosh, it's your lucky day. Head down there and quickly yeah. put some money on. Th- that's how it works. And, yeah, I just don't want to be be that person. Um my mind constantly, even now thinks about it all the time. Um I I have to stop myself from um I don't have to stop myself from walking in venues, but I'm very aware of the fact that right now I'm very sensitive. Um again because I've got a lot of money to spend. Um I'm not stressed at the moment, but that seems to be my trigger. It's when these events happen and I don't actually take the time to think so actually taking time to go right, you're stressed, you want to gamble, which is my my first thing that I think about doing when I'm really stressed, and yeah, just taking that moment to think, well, what can you do instead? Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, good. Okay, uh, if anybody would like to find out more about Gamblers Anonymous, uh, you can phone them in Victoria on 03 9696 6108 or go online at gaaustralia.org.au you for more information on recovery from compulsive gambling. Uh, that's about all we've got time for today, so I'd like to thank Stephanie for sharing her gambling recovery story with us and talking about how Gamblers Anonymous has helped her. Thank you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, I hope you'll be able to join us next week when we'll feature Michael, uh, who's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, coming up next, we have Ballam The Spirit of war, hosted by Uncle Talagam Choco Edwards, um, join Uncle Choco in the spirit of war on a journey of belonging and movement through singalongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. We need to keep radical voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au/subscribe
0: forward slash or call the station on 94198377.